Hello, friends, and welcome once again. This is Tales from the Secret Cabin. My name is Phil. So glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I just want to do some quick introductions. So who's here with us today? Jenny's here. Again. Jenny Fresh. Jenny Fresh is here. <laughs> That's your Zoom name, at least. That's, yeah. Well, Why is it that? It was, I always see it, but I it don't understand it. It was given to me by a friend of mine who had a friend that they called Jenny Fresh, and she moved here, and she just started calling me Jenny Fresh. So I've had a lot of nicknames in my past, So, but that's one that is stuck. Mm. But yeah, so Jenny Fresh is here, and... Who uh, is Jenny Fresh? Oh, we, I love it when you ask this question. <laughs> I'm going to go KJ's route, though, because I like it. I'm, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I... Um, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> uh, and I love what I do for a living. What's that? And I am KJ Tenza. Um, and today I am the preparer of the secret cabin. I prepared the fire t- today and it is so yes. hot in here. Um, I am a father. Um, I am a pastor, hunter, poet, and I pour soap and keep beehives. And that's it for today. I I love the fact, and you did this last time, how you caveat it as today. Today. Here's who I am. Next time we do this, you might be somebody Uh, entirely different. I I hope I am. (laughs) I hope I'm a different person by the time I come back to the secret And I am grateful for the heat. Um, I've taken at least one layer off already just walking in here. It is a sauna in here today. It's not that hot. It's fabulous. I got up at four and I was like preparing this space. And so I thought about this podcast a ton. So... Um, and we have a new friend here today. Yes, I'm Michael. Woo-hoo. And Michael. Um, I am a father of four, three of which are teenagers, mm. one of which thinks she's a teenager. Um, I am uh, you married. You think that, that oh my gosh. you're also a teenager. <laughs> you have to. In order to All survive. of us think Absolutely. we're a teenager. That's pretty fair. <laughs> That's pretty fair. I mean, let's just say this. Me and my middle school boys have the same sense of humor. It just doesn't change. Yeah. You know? That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, I am a husband uh, of 18 years uh, to my wife, Amy. And um, I, I think there's a bunch of things that summarize me. I love, I love sports, but it's, my, it's not my one thing, you know? My one thing, I think, is just like being in places like this and just talking to people and um, just opening up and um, just seeing what happens. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of me. Awesome. Well, really happy to have you here. I'm excited for that and just where wherever this conversation goes for sure. Yeah, I, I got to rat you out just a little bit. Uh-oh. I know I, I actually I really do appreciate the conversation about not sports not being the one thing. Yeah. But you did come in here with a San Francisco Giants I hoodie did. on. I did. It's looking like your one thing at this well, point. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, as sports in your world goes, the, the Giants have been a source of great contention between you and I over the years because, yeah. you know, the reality is... We're still friends, though. We're, We're still, still friends. It's all good. And, yeah, they've been less frustrating than yeah. the, t- I, I the think team that I tend to follow. So. If I could just like explain, I think there was a time in my life where sports, everything was about sports for me. Um, and then the Holy Spirit came. And then the Holy Spirit came, came right? And like, said, hey. Then you were saved. <laughs> what about me, Michael? What about me? And I clearly need Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil's still working I'm on still getting there. <laughs> pretty much leaning into that. And it's not to say that I'm not into it at all anymore. It's just there's other things, particularly that I'd, l- I'd rather talk about there than just sports. 
I, I know for guys, especially it's like sports, weather, um, what else can you just talk about? You know, not a whole lot, maybe hunting, maybe gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it. Right. But, um, I, I like to go a little bit deeper than that, which I have a Love feeling it. we might be. because hunting is so shallow. It is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, all those guys it's, who get together and talk about hunting, the there's <laughs> so much better things, so many other things to talk about, but it can be shallow. <laughs> it's maybe not shallow, but it can be. Hmm. All right. So I, I always want to pause when somebody shows up to this conversation for the first time and just get the backstory about the cabin. So have you been here before? I'm assuming you have. And what's some of your story or experience with the Seeger Cabin? You know, I think I've only been in this space like like this just once, maybe twice before. Um, And I want to tell a story real quick about that, just because it's it's it means a lot to me. Um, There was a one particular night back a couple years ago that I had to do a a very difficult. I had to be a part of a difficult meeting, you know. And just in leadership, how, you know, just things happen and you have to share news with people that, you know, isn't going to go well. And, um, and it went okay, but it was just, just heavy, right? It's just very heavy meeting. And KJ said to me before that meeting, he said, Hey, why don't you come over? Um, I'll have a strong drink for you. Right. And, uh, Sprite, Sprite, Sprite Sprite was the drink (laughs) and, um, he spiked it with a little grenadine. So it was amazing. Ice and ice, (laughs) ice and Sprite. (laughs) Okay. But there's a story about that because I I said, okay, Gage, I'd love to. And, and I, and I said, I I just want you to know that I'm a super lightweight when it comes to, to that, to drinking. So what happened? I, I go to the meeting, I come here and KJ meets me kind of as I get out of my car and he has these little cakes and he has a glass full of ice and he and he leads me to this cabin right and i i was like and it's not as much my memories and my my what i remember about that night is not as much about the space as much as about like just his his seeing me and caring for me and um and just yeah we spent hours and hours here um just kind of digging into the the situation at hand but just really big things as far as life and stuff like that. So that's what, that's how special it is for me. That yeah. is awesome. That's awesome. All right. So how long ago was that? Uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. Do you notice anything different about the cabin? Do I notice anything different? Um, well, it's pretty dark in here. So it, yeah, it feels, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. Okay. All right. So here, I had this thought coming over here today, wanting to ask you if there's one thing you could change about the cabin, what would you change? Oh, I love that. Um, I don't know. Like, I think there's a couple. <laughs> this is nitpicky, mm. yes. but there's there's a couple places where it it. I just wish there was more wood. <laughs> oh wow! That makes sense. Can, can you explain so for everyone who has not been <laughs> it's here? Made it's of all wood. wood. Yeah, but, like the whole but, thing's but like but golden let me, flames. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. What else floats? But, <laughs> Let me clarify. It's made of wood. There is a, a big wall that I'm African looking at swallow. that is like, it looks like it's dark. But it's wood. Painted. But it's wood. Okay, but natural wood oh, is what okay. I was saying. Okay. Is okay. What I, I'm sorry, I didn't get to that. Natural wood, I think. I had no idea how you were going to answer that question, but it was absolutely brilliant. No, I didn't Just either. so you know, that was the best answer More wood. possible. Put a bathroom and in here. So, so I think the thing he's saying is authenticity. Mm. He, is, he is hoping for authenticity. Instead of things that are painted, yeah, don't he wants don't to paint see. over it. Yeah, yeah. well, that's a I did. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Literal, I did. literally, you yeah, did. I love the contrast personally, <laughs> KJ. Thank you. 
I'm just nitpicking decor at this point. <laughs> no, that's I love it. Thank you. So, okay, um, I heard another rumor uh, that there was another secret cabin yes. letter received, and this is awesome because I, I have I don't know anything about it. So. Ginny, you're holding something. Uh, this yeah. is so fun. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you to whoever wrote this. Um, but what, uh, yeah, what's in our, and our it's letter this time? It's the whoever again, because it whoever sent it in did not sign it, did not tell us who it is, and they don't have anything to tell us the place Any it came postmark? from. Any postmark? Nope. Really? Uh, okay. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's okay. got, it's, yeah. First of all, you look just look at the card itself. It's beautiful. It's yeah. got, Explain it. It's got us. a little cabin on it. <laughs> and I love that uh, it's in cursive. That's what I'm really appreciating about some of these. Not that, like, I don't write in cursive at all. I, I print. Um, but I'm loving these that the uh, beauty behind the handwritten note. And there's something that's so beautiful in that. But one of the things that he or, he or she um, said in this is, um, I appreciate sitting with you. Like, that's how they start out. I appreciate sitting with you. Like, and they say, they go on to say, it basically feels like I'm there. And I was like, oh, that is so fabulous. And then they go into kind of the curiosity thing and, and, uh, talking more about like the question that they're going to ask God each morning for this 40 days. Wow. And it's what, what do you want? What do you want me to do this day? You know, um, but the other thing that, and I'll I'll show this to you here. But they signed it, thanks, and drew a little cabin at the bottom. Oh, they are quite the artists. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the best. So thank you to whoever. Absolutely, Katie. You do you read this as well? Is there anything there that stood out to you, or? I just thought it was cool that the person um, had been just. That the person didn't actually talk about the podcast, but they talked about the thing that the podcast that inspired for them. Nice. And it was their processing of the 40 days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was excited about that because the podcast is not the point. It's the fruit of the podcast yeah. and the process and it happens. And that happened here. And I was really excited about it. it and they wrote cool. it on Ash Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Very and today so it's kind of like fun. they heard it, yeah. and then they're like, "I'm going to put something." Down yeah, that's really cool. Well, again, that's thanks. intentionality. Yeah, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Um, it, yeah, it just blesses us each time. I think when people take the time to to join in and the moments and the pause that it takes to do that. So mm. really appreciate that. I'm going to throw the address out every time. Do it. That's the only way we get yeah. these right. So it's 1301 15th Street. Uh, Greeley, Colorado, 80634. Just address the handwritten notes to Tales from the Secret Cabin. And we absolutely um, invite that and want that to be a part of this journey for us. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that they mentioned the 40-day journey because um, I want to go there. Mm -hmm. And we went there on Ash Wednesday last week or last time we, we got together. But uh, before we do, um, since this is Tales from the Secret Cabin, and we just sometimes just like to share stories, I want to hear about Michael and KJ's road trip. Yes. Because you guys just went on Michael a road trip. Michael and KJ's road trip. <laughs> <laughs> just tried to harmonize with you. <laughs> Great work. I, and I must tell you, when you, the way that this happened was literally in passing. Like, hey, I hope you have a good time. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? You want to go? Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, let me talk to Amy. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> I was so envious Michael and Lee wanted to go so bad. I was like, oh, have fun, guys. All right, so give us a little yeah. backstory. At least, what was the road trip? Where'd you go? Um, and then we'll, I want to hear some stories. Yeah, so. So, so I sometimes I'm asked to come and do public speaking on the topic of like the outdoors or hunting or beekeeping or poetry all that all, all that things you know Soaps. all those things and so it's the season that uh it's all about like hunting and talking about hunting and so i had a offer to come and go speak at a different church on the topic of hunting and um yeah and the gospel and the gospel and the gospel <laughs> And make sure you mention the gospel, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was kind of, it was one of those trips where you're just like, okay, we're going to this place in the map right here. Neither one of us had been there or even Entering it on thought the about going there, yeah. right? Like you yep. just put it in our phone. And so we had like a three, almost three and a half hour drive. And um, and that that for me was just, just the highlight of it, just to hang out and just to be with one another. Who drove? Um, I did. I, I mean, our... Uh, I got asked to go out, so I was totally planning on going by myself, and then I was just like, hey, do you want to come along? He's like, yep. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> and uh, so I think the the best part had been just spending time um, talking and hanging out and then uh, following uh, the, the time that I had to speak. I got, I, I got this text about um car car hinge car hinge car hinge and and car hinge um (laughs) it is the epicenter of the uh, so explain it it is okay so car hinge think stonehenge but with cars and the cars gray. are completely painted gray to look like they're rock. Cause the small picture that I saw on my phone, I thought it was stone. I actually didn't think oh, no. it was cars. Yeah. No, wow. no, no. It was a car painted gray and it was incredible and huge. Yeah. It was <laughs> Google amazing. It. Google so, it. <laughs> you got to see it. Mariana sent us this text she, yeah. and she says, you got to go. And we're like, okay, let's go to car hinge. And so the both of us go to car hinge and man, it was yeah. inspiring and i'm being so <laughs> sarcastic right now but at the same time i'm not i'm telling the truth car hinge yeah you know else I'll, I'll say this nebraska kind of surprised me like just by some of the natural beauty like i didn't expect Ooh. some of the natural beauty that was there in, in the like grass the grass no hills i mean in like snow stop kj like it really <laughs> was like awe inspiring parts of it but it's like i i had this thought i'm like I wonder if, like, at one point, the state of Nebraska said, hey, every single small town, you need to come up with some roadside attraction, like the biggest ball of yarn. Something to do. Car hinge. Something to draw people there. It's brilliant. And we, we... Took the bait, like Sweet. hook, line, and sinker. How, how how we Kool-Aid. How far off the the path? Oh, was like five miles. Car hinge. Five oh, miles. okay. Oh, five it was miles. amazing. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to go. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> All of us should go directly after this podcast. It's yes. only four hours away. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. <laughs> hey. So I've I've been a big road tripper my entire life in terms of, of just family as well as, you know, but, but where would you put yourself in that category? Like, are you, are you road trippers? Are you not road trippers? Cause how people road trip tells me a lot about them in terms of, is it, 
you know, we get there as fast as possible? Is mm. it I'm mm. spending a whole day to go three and a half hours because I want to go to things like Car Hinge? <laughs> Where do you put yourself in this category? Are you a road tripper? Are you about the journey, not the destination? Uh, I'm. What, what time's my flight? I was going to say. Okay, there we go. This is okay, exactly there we go. Asking. Okay. All right. In a the 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 bigger picture perspective, I I would plan on. So if I could pull over at every coffee shop possible, I would be Aww. that guy. I nice. want the the trip to be the thing, and then the thing I'm actually doing i really don't care about it's it's the whole process of going there i love that yeah Yeah. i I think i think i'm kind of somewhere in between you know um i i love to i mean i think even one once or twice as for for the other thing with kj was that as we're traveling down the road he's like oh there's a turkey oh there's an antelope oh there's this there's this and i'm just like what what you should have come home with a ton of stuff man (laughs) 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 but like at one point we saw this turkey this big old tom who was just like in full force, man. Right? He was and we stopped. We yeah. stopped, turned around, came back, and looked at him again. It's February. He it was, shouldn't be like that. Like, it was hey, like what it's are you Nebraska. Doing? Yeah. He's like, look at me. Yeah, it was beautiful. What that's a turkey. Awesome. So yeah, I mean that. That's for me. That's that's. I I have some great memories growing up, yeah. like with road trips. You know, me and my two older brothers, and in a station wagon. Mm-hmm traveling you know hundreds and hundreds of miles away and no putting the line belt. on the seat that says <laughs> you can't cross this line right yes. here you know i mean that's <laughs> so yeah i mean we try to do that as much with our kids as possible and you know get into little car fights it's so much fun can i i say can i be really honest here i i think paul and i used to road when he <laughs> went to college he went to college in san diego and so we would drive back and forth you know at tw- twice basically taking him there and coming home and and I, that was fun, but then you throw kids in the mix and <laughs> it's not fun anymore. Then it's horrible <laughs> for me. So that I can't get past and see the joy in that. I struggle with that. So it's just best to be like a few That's hours true. on there, a plane. There is a, at least in my life, there's a point in the age of the kids that that changes, but the young kid part. You know, they're strapped in a car seat. They want out. You can't do it. That's that's rough, and it makes for a lot of long mileage. Well, we've got a puker too, so you definitely don't want. It's out the window. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) But tell us about you. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, when you guys you sent that text or that that image, like, hey, we're at this thing. You You were jealous. I was super jealous. Me too. Through the phone. Absolutely, because number one, again, the road trip in general. There's something about a mindset of a road trip. I just love it. Just it creates an incredible space that you you can't just fast forward through. Um, And if you're able to do a road trip where it isn't about getting there as you know efficiently as possible, it's like we get on an airplane. But it is about what you can discover, the things you see, the, the the sidebars, and different ways you can do that. Uh, yes, then I was super jealous, and just just that's what that picture kind of created was this moment of like, oh, that's what a road trip's all about. Like going to those things, seeing those things. You would never, honestly, I don't. Maybe I don't know you. I guess maybe you would, but but I don't think most people would be like, hey, let's go to Stonehenge or let's go to the car hinge in a car today. That's the only thing. It was something about Stonehenge. You would go well, to Stonehenge. Say, probably, I'm going to go to Stonehenge. If you want to drive there, that's a little Get in far. The car. Yeah. But but in terms of like like things like that, it's it's only 
possible in the in the journey like because you yeah. have put yourself in a place where you would actually be open to it going somewhere else but but being aware mm-hmm. so yeah i mean again growing up there's so many different stories but i think in in the more recent life um i've actually uh there was you know a few years ago um i would do things called road trip retreats because i just i i wanted to create a space and there's something that happens when you're stuck in a car for three days and you can't do anything about it so um there was a, a, a group of us that got in a car, drove 72 hours from here to Portland and back. We spent one night, and it was literally coffee shops the whole way. Part of it was we were starting a coffee shop, so we wanted to learn. But it was just a whole road trip. Let's wow. hit coffee shops as far as we could. And, yeah, we, we learned some things. But this, the journey of 24-hour driving, of, of being crammed in hotel room and come back, and all the things that you don't know you're going to experience until you actually get out on the open road. Uh, so we did that. We did that in Chicago. We've done different things. Um, even just literally road trip retreats in Colorado where you just um, pick a direction and go and the next driver gets to go wherever they want to go. And it's all about the the journey, not at all about the destination, especially if you don't have a destination. I, it I really propose, changes that. I want to propose over the summer doing a trip, a Tales from the Secret Ooh, Cabin trip for that. four days <laughs> and doing podcasts each day and telling the story of the thing. Jenny's that getting nervous right now. Yeah. No, she's not. She's I'm going to pop. Can I you play? Just she likes it as long as her kids yeah. aren't there. Yeah, yeah my kids aren't there. It's, I'm all in. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Okay. Okay. It's Let's happening. make it up. Yep. I love it. So here, here's the, the metaphor, and it, it may totally dive bomb, so we can go somewhere else. But as I was thinking about the road trip idea, and I started thinking about our last podcast and this idea of being in the desert for 40 days, and again, the, uh, the season of Lent that we are in, uh, I really loved, KJ, your description and kind of background in terms of Jesus going to the, the desert for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Um, was actually kind of hearkening back to the Israelites being in the desert for 40 years. And in a weird way, I have a hard time connecting with Jesus in the desert. It seems pretty miraculous and it's an amazing story, but I personally don't connect. But the Hebrew people being in the desert for 40 years, that makes sense to me. And I can resonate with that. And here's something that's cool too is he had the goal of connecting to that. He didn't have the goal of doing his own thing. That was his goal, too. It was to go into the desert and mm. to be connected to that. So, for, yeah. So, for me, there's this weird parallel between, like, the experience of a road trip and the experience of being in a desert and just wandering, not having a, a destination to go to as much as just every day. What's the thing? And so, huh. I'm using that as a platform to launch into the season that we're mm-hmm. in. We're in the season of Lent. We're in this 40-day desert. We're, we're on a road trip. Sorry, Jenny. That's okay. And the reality is, like, there's not a real destination point for us, right? We're looking around us. So has there been anything or things that are stirring within your own life that just in this season that um, you want to explore, we could go down, but that's kind of the posture of, mm. of this season that has really helped me just to look at it less of a um, sacrifice and more of this road trip without a destination. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've come to and uh, um, coming into I think is I was I was at this this conference last year it was obviously with 2020 it was an online conference but um, it was obviously it was called <laughs> well we didn't yeah <laughs> it was uh, it was called evolving faith conference and it just talks about it's it just geared for people who are um, in interesting places in their faith, you know, just like trying to figure out, okay, asking a lot of questions and um, maybe even questioning the, the faith of their childhood, those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really stood out to me is um, 
I, I, I wish I could mem- remember the name of the speaker, but I don't. And she, but she was talking about the very, the very thing you mentioned, the children of Israel, mm-hmm. and how so often we in the church talk about like freedom from their perspective of being, you know, set free from slavery, set set, set free from bondage, right, mm-hmm. from the bondage of, of Egyptians, and we we use that in our faith as like a okay, um, well, we are set free, like when somebody you know gives their life to Jesus, um, the chains fall off, you know, and you you name whatever it is that 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 defines for you. Um, and, and one of the things she talked about, which really hit me was, you know, normally, um, depending on which church you kind of were, were raised in, normally it's a ticket to the promised land, right? Normally it's saying, Hey, you know, now eternal life is yours, which is true. Right. And hope is yours and, and, and goodness. And also true. Right. All of it. True. All of it. True. But the speaker, and this one really stuck with me, and I haven't forgotten it, is, is she said, she said, actually, you know, entering into this journey is actually a ticket to the wilderness. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a ticket to the dry places. It's a ticket to the places where sometimes it feels like God's not there. Sometimes it feels like you're all alone. Um, you're thirsty. You're hungry. All of the things, right? Um, and when she said that, like, it's like my shoulders, my shoulders, mm-hmm. like, all, all of the tension in me released a little bit and just said, okay, you know, I can, because I think for me, my story is I've been in that season for a while, yep. you know, in and out, you know, I mean, there's times where I see uh, the quote pillar of fire, <laughs> you know, or, or the, the cloud by day, the things that God showed his people. Um, but there's also been a lot of like wandering and wondering, you know, mm. um, and I think, I, you know, I'm just, I, I, not to guide the conversation, but like, I feel like that's a lot about what Lent is about, um, is about that, that journey, is about mm-hmm. that um, um, embracing the wilderness in some ways. So Yeah, I, I found myself, um, when I was thinking about this, you know, we've talked some recently about this idea of imagining. So just imagining myself being... Um, being in the desert, but coming to grips with the fact that I was never going to see the promised land. Like at mm-hmm. some point in that 40 year journey, I'm assuming a lot of, of the Hebrew people understood they would never cross over. Right. And so they had to come to terms with that. They had to embrace that. They had, and obviously Moses is the perfect example of that. Right. right. But, but so that was, that's where I've put myself in for this season is, is, you know, what, what if it's not about the promised land, what it is about the wilderness yeah. for me, like that's my life and that's what it is. So again, I, yeah, I don't know where that takes us, but I'm just resonating with, with what yeah. you're saying there. Yeah. To kind of, you know, piggyback on that. I also think the 40 days is a, a time period that people aren't supposed to like advance or um, to like uh achieve anything it's more of a being present type of posture and just hoping to eat hoping to drink hoping to be sustained how it isn't how do i improve how do i grow how do i build my house here how do i you know plan ahead i mean it's just i'm hungry i gotta eat i'm thirsty Mm -hmm. i have to drink um and there's something about that that just takes the edge off there in the 40 days well michael you described it as a weight what what was the what was the weight why do you think the weight was lifted when you 
put yourself in that position? Um, I, if I'm honest, I, I feel like, and, and a lot of this just comes from my story of a guy being in the church my whole life. Uh, I mean, literally from the moment I, I, I came, my parents were like, we were, we were at the church every time the doors were open. Um, and then like after high school going into ministry and um, being at, you know, three different churches and, and, and hearing this message of hope. And, and of course, again, like KJ, like you mentioned this, like it is good news, like it is good stuff, right? Um, but it's almost like I felt, the weight that I felt was like, it's okay to not be okay. You know, it's okay um, to feel like you're in a wilderness, you know? And I think that's a, that's a, um, that's a message that is so often missed in our journey, you know, so often missed in, in, in our small groups, in our churches, um, where we're, ex- you know, this is just, I can only speak for me, I guess, but I'm expected to be in a promised land. I'm expected to be experiencing the goodness of, of God in the land of the living. You know, I'm expected. And for me, when she said that, the, the, the ticket to the wilderness, it was just like, okay, mm-hmm. this, is a, this is an okay place to be. Not only that, there's goodness there too. There's goodness in the wilderness, you know? And I needed to hear that for me, so. I love that imagery. It, it gives permission for the searching as opposed to the pressure of the achieving, mm. you know? And it's, you know, <laughs> I think sometimes as believers or even, you know, if you're talking to people that are not believers, it's like you're supposed to be this person who has achieved hope, who has achieved yeah. peace. You know, you have it now. Therefore, why aren't you, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that that imagery of just the searching. Because I think there's fruit in the searching. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just thinking about like, the thing that is found is typically the authentic authentic, um, image of God, I think. I mean, that was the whole point of the 40 years. It was like for God to say, uh, you know, I'm going to show you who I am. Um, mm-hmm. And especially for people coming out of Egypt, and um, that culture had had like 500 gods that had been fabricated and created by people. Mm-hmm. And those those gods had been everywhere. It was like, they're popping up everywhere, but they're fake. And... I think that in our culture, it's kind of the same thing. And uh, there are these like fake gods everywhere. So it's hard to tell the authentic God apart from all the fake gods. And, and so going out into the desert, it's like God having the opportunity to say, I bring food. I bring you drink. I give you yeah. direction. I show up. Yeah. Um, and there aren't all these fake gods that people have created. Right. And it seems that the season that you are in is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you mentioned just the, the fact that God is, you know, just the story of the manna and God providing for them in the desert. Um 
And that's great. And we all we all hear that story. And we're like, oh, see, God provides. Yeah, but like, you had to live through that too. Like, as Israel, like you had to trust that. Okay, manna's going to be there tomorrow morning. You know, so as as beautiful as we state it, like there's still a huge amount of faith, a huge amount of trust that has to come in that. Whereas, if when you're in Egypt, you know, when you're in the the or or even when you're just comfortable, let's just say it that that way, when you're comfortable. Um, the food is easy to find. The goodness is easy to find. Mm. You know, um, the and uh, let me just let me share exactly what I'm talking about for me. Um, for me, it's been part of it has been my journey with worship. Um, I came on to um, church several church staffs as a worship leader, and worship for me, worship music and leading in worship and songs and uh, spiritual songs, all that stuff has always been a huge part of my journey with God. And my connection with him, and um, what happened was a, a, a you know a few years back, um, I was going through some difficult things with a really close friend of mine, um, who was I mean there's no other way to to say it than he was just in the the pit of hell and really struggling and and I was walking with him and and I was I was just struggling with and then going to church and just finding like I don't know if my friend really fits here necessarily. Um, that sounds strange, but like he was just in the depth of hell. Um, and I began at that point, as I was going with him f- through that, worship was a very, became a very difficult thing for me. Like I began to see words of praise, words of faith on the screen. And I'm like, it's really hard for me to sing that right now, you know? And that became something that was, um, that's been a journey for me over the past couple of years of trying to say, okay, well, what role does worship have in my life as far as a spiritual discipline, as far as a tool, as far as something that is accessible for me? I think that's the key, is worship was readily accessible for me. So I didn't have to, honestly, I didn't really have to try hard to experience God in worship. He just met me there. Um, however, being when you go into the wilderness, um, those things aren't always readily available, you know? And one of the things KJ and I talked about, this was like probably a couple months ago, and I was just kind of unloading on him where I was at. Exactly. <laughs> I was unloading on him and he said, he said, what you're saying, Michael, it sounds like, um, like Jesus isn't in the places that you used to find him. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and, and KJ kind of welcomed me in that moment to, okay, I encourage you to become a seeker to to one who pursues the one who, who or a hunter a hunter oh, Mike, oh, right? hunter of god the hunter of god and he described god as a wild goose of course as only kj can and and my eyes kind of opened in that in that moment you know just realizing that wait a second like this is going to take some work this is going to take some effort and and that's okay. Like it was almost something that was, that was like, I need to enter into this, you know? So you, you use those words with me in a conversation we had um, as well. And I remember you saying that, like not, not finding God in the places that I used to. Yeah. Therefore, then you start to get this, are you not there? Are you not there? Yeah, and really totally. it's just about seeking him in new places. Yeah. And it's that, that stuck with me huge because you do you you look for what you thought you know yeah. was always this is this is always where you're going to be always where you're going to be and i think there's a piece 
of God that's like, I'm not going to be there anymore because you're ready for, you're ready yeah. for me here, you know? That's good. And I loved that. So good job, KJ. <laughs> I didn't get the Jesus goose, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly what it was. But that's what I picked up from. Jesus goose. <laughs> Title of the podcast, Jesus goose. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think that should be. <laughs> I think car hinge. <laughs> we might have to do a road trip there. <laughs> so Michael, just again, as you're talking, you know, this idea of acceptance comes to mind like you accepted something at some point in that journey of you being in the mm-hmm. wilderness you came to terms with it yeah and then this phrase of seeking or this word of seeking that's come up a lot and how you're you're articulating the path forward has been in a seeking posture yeah my question is how how do you know how to seek or what like if you know it's not one place but there's this kind of this wilderness out there like yeah. what what has that been like to to discover to try i'm sure there's things you've gone towards that haven't met you in certain ways or i don't know what talk to me about that a little bit or talk to us about just that journey of seeking god but seeking god in the unknown rather than the known yeah i I think if i would describe a a good part of of that journey for me has been um god being really sneaky with me (laughs) like him showing up in places that i didn't expect you know? Everyone's like, oh, he isn't like that. He's not sneaky. God's not sne- <laughs> That's not the character of God. But there is something cool about a yeah. g- g- God who plays hide and seek. Do you know That's what I mean? Like, so true. Because the yeah. whole game is like, yep. find me. Can you yeah. find me here too? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's totally true. And there have been, Phil, there have been places where I, um, I said, I, you know, for me, like some of the, the contemplative approaches have been a little more difficult for me. Um, but I'm still pursuing them in a lot of ways and trying to go down those paths. And well, this person experiences God in this place, maybe I can too, you know? Um, so it's, it's honestly been a lot of just kind of hit and miss and him kind of surprising me. Honestly, a lot of God showing himself to me has been in through other people, through um, just conversations like this. Um, and and again, it's unexpected. Like there was this this one time a few weeks ago where I was uh, just talking to a, a, a guy who a, a young guy who goes to the local local college, you know, and and he's in a totally different season of life than I am. And we just began talking about um, the good things of God and specifically like the aspect of the Trinity. And I won't even go down that road because I could. That's another soapbox. I think we could all jump on a little bit, but. Um, but it was one of those moments, one of those conversations where you're just like, wow, God is here and he's revealing himself to me through this 20 year old young man. Mm. And I'm humbled and I'm in awe, you know? Mm. Um, and I walked away from that com- conversation just saying, thank you. Like, thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for your pursuit of me through this 20 year old kid, wow. you know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, so before the journey, the experience of God could happen on demand. It was like, I can show up and I'll show up. I'll experience. And it's kind of like the phase that's happening right now is it hinges upon other people. Um, yeah. There has to be other people who are, who are um, a part of this whole path and this whole journey it's super cool yeah 
I'm uh, I'm right there with you with the contemplative stuff, like that. It's just that used to be something very simple and very like this. Is, okay, he will show up, you know. And but I think something that you you talked about, you know, is the surprise. But I would say it's this the mystery mm. of God, you know, and like I love that, and I never ever want to lose that ever. Yeah, it's really good. All right, so I have a a theory, and I'm working out of my head here. And Michael, as you were talking, so again, this could be a really bad theory, and we could kill it. Or don't, don't we set could it up. Don't path. set it up like that. Just no, go in confident, I, I, confident. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. But here's as Michael was talking. Uh, I, I don't know why I started thinking about the concept of the enneagram, and mm-hmm. we have these sort of default things that we lean into. Um, but the at least my experience of the enneagram and and my understanding of it is. It's not so much to label us and to say this is who we are, but rather to acknowledge those things that come easy, but also look towards other types of experiences, other types of people and say, hey, there's something there for me if I can lean into that direction or that direction or that direction. And so as I ask the question, you know, how do you know where to go in terms of the desert and the wilderness is like, oh, there's this instinctive response because I'm in Enneagram 9 and this is how blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, how would a four answer this? How would an eight answer this? How would a two answer this? And maybe there's something there in the Enneagram that I'm not used to versus the one that I always default to. And so having said that, so the, the, the theory of that or throwing that out to us is, not so much who you are instinctively and where you would take this, but if you were thinking through the season of Lent and just putting yourself out there like, man, I'll try something out of the box that's not who I am, what would be a concept or an idea or a place of seeking God or something in the wilderness that's counterintuitive to who you naturally are? Excellent. Wow. And for <laughs> us to answer that, it's important for us yes. to t- t- tell the people at home who on... Absolutely. Uh, Enneagram, like, yeah. who are you on the Enneagram? And for, uh, and kind of like, how about this? How about the people at this table talk about the other people and the thing that they are on the Enneagram and describe it compared to us describing ourselves? Let's go for it. Oh, wow. I think that'd be really fun. Oh, wow. Who are we starting with? <laughs> I think there. it should be Jenny. Jenny. So, shh. She is a seven, and she is a seven, like, man. Um, so Hardcore. she is full of happiness and joy and vibrancy, and she, and she enjoys a an good eight. party. Seven yeah. towards yeah. an eight. So there's, yeah. So I was going to okay. say, she, like, shines the seven happiness and joy until she does not. <laughs> And then she comes very controlling and and powerful. Anyone else? The challenge. Oh, no, that's spot on. Yeah. 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 That's Jenny. Yeah, I feel like Jenny, uh, the the seven in you is always on to the next thing. It's always like, how much more adventure can we have? Like, what's next? You know, and so like I love my my favorite description is 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 the person the seven sitting in the in the meeting is just like okay what's next what's coming up mm. this week what's coming up today what's what how can I make this thing fun like just bring some joy bring some fun <laughs> or it's 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 kind of important but guys it's not that important it's not that but, no, you know, yeah but it is but it's not does your salvation depend on this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it does. All right, so are we going around? Or we, let's go around. We'll go let's around. Go around. All, right. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go to KJ. KJ is He's an, eight. an eight on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And um, KJ and I have had a lot of conversations about this, but 
I think the beauty in in the in the eight is, and the beauty in KJ is uh, the visionary aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The um, um, the intuitiveness, the the ability to um, uh, to see what others can't see, and to point towards that and say, "Yeah, this is this is where we need to go." Mm-hmm. Um, the visionary aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a control aspect of it that we talked about a little bit. Yep, that's me. And very controlling. And one of the, here's one of the things, and this is very true about this is very true about KJ um, with the control because most people when they say eight, they'll say, well, that's a control freak or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, KJ, you said something to me a few months ago. You said I'm really trying to focus more on controlling atmospheres than I am on controlling people because yeah. I've realized or I'm coming to realize that that just doesn't work. Like I just can't control people. <laughs> I've given it up. I can up. <laughs> control atmospheres. And I think that's a beautiful picture of, of who KJ is. So where does, where does a four play in? Because I see, a, I, I would agree with the eight for sure, but I see a lot of expression of the, the creative independent mm-hmm. four artistic different things. The secret cabin's a great example of that. Um, I'm calling that out because you yep. can't use this as the example we're moving forward to. Right. So you can't use yeah, a four because yeah. I see that a lot in KJ as well. Yeah, I think um, a a bunch of pe- people are gonna say if someone has a, a creative bent, it has to be like a part of a four, right? I think it's a part of the image of God. It's Absolutely. it's it's people are creative somehow, um, and I I mean just to be honest. I mean I don't paint, I don't draw, I don't do art, but I pour soap and pouring soap is like art to me and I am creative in pouring soap. Um, the environment, uh, thing. So it is, um, something that's like, okay, I have a hard time controlling how I feel having a hard time setting up. Like, but if I can create a cool environment, I can kind of like, harness the things of God and good things can happen in that. Um, so I don't think it's a, a four type of thing, but it's, it's more of a part of the image of God type of thing. I absolutely love that. I but do it's wrong. Th- no, it's correct. You're, you're fine. As there, the is XP, no wrong, yeah, there is no, yeah. there's no wrong here, but <laughs> you're as wrong. The XP. I see that play out in an individual way that I think my understanding of a four that that's where that shines. So there's kind of a, a uniqueness that you go after with your creativity. It's not just, I create a certain way, but like, I mean, I'm just, you know, the offices you have created the spaces. It's not, you're one and done. You never want to recreate that office space again. You never want to create that environment again. Yeah. I want to like set it on fire because that happened happened and it had its its time in the sun. There's a uniqueness there that to your creativity that I think is why I would attach that to a four, not so much just creative, but all right. Right on. You doing Michael? Yeah. Michael. He's the two. I'm a two. Okay. Through and through. And yeah, you're, a, you are, you're, but you're, you're a jet. I mean, I guess most twos are gentle, but you're not an aggressive two. Like I'm, I'm going to save you. I'm got, you know, like you're very <laughs> gentle in the way that, that you give of yourself and it's, it's humbling. Yeah. I think you, his heart is the environment. Fireman, like he is someone who has, I mean, like his heart, it is a sofa mm-hmm. and no. like, it's like, come and be here and yeah. dwell here and it's, it's safe here. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. And you said, you know, it's funny how you're, how you're saying you're experiencing God right now 
in conversations and with people. And it's like, because you do that so well, you stop and you, the way you engage with people when you're with them, it's, it blurs everything else out. That's good. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a leaning? Do you lean towards perfection? Do you lean towards achievement? Um, I, I've, I've felt, I've felt a pull towards both okay. <laughs> to be honest with you. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm the guy who at home loads the dishwasher and has to be done a certain way. Nice. There's a right nice. way okay. to do it, but there's also, um, you know, I think especially with my worship background, there's also a huge performance uh, side to that as well. Okay. But, Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think right. Phil <laughs> is the, the, the iconic, Nine. Um, I, I think yeah. if, there, there a if there was I'm a if there was a ten, I think you'd be a ten because yeah. <laughs> you're a nine. But you're such a you're such a different kind of nine. Explain that. I mean, you, well, by yeah. definition, nines are all different. Though. Yeah, that's that's true. That's very true. Yeah, but it's funny. I I I read one time a thing about a nine is they'll be you know they'll be in a conversation and everything, but they're in their head the whole time. They're in a conversation to the point that sometimes they'll even be like, I'm sorry, what, you know, <laughs> because they're, they're just constantly thinking and, you know, and the way I see your brain work. I remember one time you did this, uh, imagery on a whiteboard, of course, because that's your, your go-to. That's my go-to. And you did this whole like map of like, you know, here's where I want to be, here's where I want to be. And it was just this kind of chaotic thing rather than in this box. And I kept thinking the whole time, like, I haven't even explored all the corners of my box yet, you know, but you <laughs> want to be way out here, you know? So that's where I'm just like, wow. So. Yeah. And Phil is just like, he brings comfort and peace mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. like and yep. he approaches hard things and he calms it down yeah. like it's it is a gift and a talent that phil has to see the bigger picture and to bring peace yeah. into it so i feel like whenever whenever we're in meetings or anything it's phil's there it's gonna be okay well, everything's going to be okay. At least it won't, there won't be conflict. <laughs> so if he isn't there, it's like it shouldn't happen. Because but if KJ ter- and Jenny are in the room, there's going to be conflict. <laughs> Someone's going to get called out. Someone's going to get called out. All right. All right. So, so that's great. Yep. But I think the question for us is in the wilderness, could we find God in what we're not naturally defaulting to? Yeah. Is there a place that you could see yourself going in the next couple weeks, let's say, just to say, like, what would it look like to explore just an idea that that maybe is more intuitive to someone that's not like yourself? It just intrigues you in this moment, but you're not committing. It's not like, this is what I'm going to do in the next two weeks. It's it's just a heartbeat. Like, so again, for me, the the creativity angle is is something that is mortifying, terrifying, like, but man, wouldn't it be fun to do something creative Mm -hmm. in an artistic way? Right. And, you know, nobody gets to see it kind of thing. But but there's some experience of God that I guarantee you I will not experience if I don't go there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what mm-hmm. I'm I'm I like that. I'm understanding about this wilderness journey. Because yeah. I'm stuck in the wilderness and I'm not going anywhere. So why not go to Carhenge? Why not go, go. do a drawing? Why not <laughs> do these things? So I'm not just doing the things that I naturally do and only finding God in that way. Yeah, yeah that's really good. I think for me, there's a call, like being a two, there's a call to solitude that um, is very uncomfortable. Hmm. 
um, because I'm so outwardly focused and I often find my value in how I care for others. And the, the prototypical two or the maybe the maybe the unhealthy two is does that to a fault. And that's something that I've tried to change a lot in me over the past couple of years about learning self-care. Um, but learning to be alone with myself and be alone and allowing the father to pour out his goodness on me when I'm not, when nothing is expected of me from anyone else, mm. you know, there you go. Yeah. that's an interesting and at times a difficult place to be for me. That's really good. That man. is good. Yeah. I'm, um, um, as uh, an eight, everything I do has to have purpose, has to be very <laughs> intentional, has to have this bigger picture engagement. And so uh, I've been trying to engage the part of the Enneagram that that's more of the seven. Um, that's the car hinge guy. Um, that isn't who I am. Um, and so just saying, yeah, let's go. Or the fact that I've been playing video games and Splatoon and, um, it doesn't have a purpose or an intrinsic value at all. And so it's counterintuitive to who I feel like I should be. And it's been a good counterbalance. And so you're so, experiencing it. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. But I got to say, like, the heart behind it had been the heart of being an eight. Right. And so I'm, like, trying to be, like, be counterintuitive to myself to create a better, bigger picture of who I am. And so it all comes back to the eight. Got it. I was going to say, mess. you're never going to get out. I, I won't get out of this one alive. You're in the eight <laughs> wilderness. Yeah. Mine, I think would have to be, I would have to go to the intellectual piece. Cause yeah, I, that all, every, just go back to books. All of a sudden. Yeah. Wow. Just like actually reading the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that. awful to me. It's the simple give it's me the an analogy. Give me a parable. <laughs> you know, give me story. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think also it, found in the Bible. I know. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's but that's what. But actually, getting in, you know, and yeah, and having a longing to soak in what God is actually saying, you know, rather than again off to the next thing or. That that would definitely so the five I would I would have to go live in the land of the fives. That's good. All right. Well, I think uh, I don't know. I feel like we're road tripping in the desert. So let's do it. Let's uh, we'll continue down this. You path. You didn't answer. Yes, you did. Oh, you yeah, did. Yeah, oh, I'm art. so sorry. I'm so, see. I, I'm a seven. I was you out just of pulled a nine there. Right. I did pull a nine. Up in your own head. I got you so worried about having to have an answer for this question. <laughs> I you literally ignored us. The last I did. I'm sorry. Minutes. What happened? That is brilliant. <laughs> I am pretty inspired here to hear how other yes. people yeah. are going to process that. Um, so please, right, because we're four yeah. people. That's yeah, it. four numbers. I want to. I, I want to hear about how you are experiencing it, how the counterbalance, how the yeah. hunting for God yeah. um, has been happening and experiences. So please do that. Michael, thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks it's for sharing your story too. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. All right. I think that's it. Until next time, take care. <laughs>